Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And time once again for a brief but uh, always thorough legal discussion here on Chicago's Legal Latte. Hi, everybody. Jim Mitchell back with you again. And today I'll be joined by uh, one of our finest contributors here on the series over the last four years or so, Attorney Timothy Hughes. Uh, Tim is a partner at Lavelle Law Limited and very seasoned practitioner in matters of taxes and bankruptcy. And it's that uh, latter area in which we will concentrate today as we discuss the resolution of student loans in bankruptcy proceedings. Uh, should be a very informative topic and always look forward to input from Mr. Hughes when he joins us. So let's go ahead and get the process started here. Tim, it's been a while, but it's very nice to talk to you again. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Jim. Always a pleasure talking with you. There appears to be a lot that is being written and discussed regarding student loan debt these days. Um, certainly um, has become a burden for many people. And it, you know, it seems to be a key contributor in, in more and more discussions about financial woes for a lot of people. Now, before we get to the details of student loans in bankruptcy, um, just curious, you know, as you talk to people, is that something you're seeing as well? Has this become much more prominent these days? Yes, I'm seeing lots of articles uh, written about the need to change the laws and just the vast numbers or the dollars amount involved in student loans exceeding that of uh, credit card debt and just the uh, burden it's putting on citizens and uh, the economy. Yeah, for something that was so well intended is is becoming a problem for a lot of people. And, and as we mm-hmm. talk about it today, our, our topic is, is bankruptcy. So for those who find themselves in a bankruptcy situation, um, uh, student loans, are they something, that debt that can be discharged in the process then or not? Well, everybody says that they cannot be discharged, and that is the end result typically, uh, but the bankruptcy code actually says that they can if um, they create an undue hardship on the debtor or their their dependents. And in bankruptcy, there's already a hardship, so the standard is very, very, very difficult for a debtor. It's almost having to prove uh, 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 certainty of hopelessness, which is a, a tough standard. But there's just a presumption that they're not discharged, and a debtor would have to file what's called an adversary to have their student loans discharged. It could happen, but again, that uh, certainty of hopelessness is a very, very tough standard, and that's what there's been talk about trying to have that changed and not here to talk about where the law may go, but more where we're at right now. So, um, uh, you know, generally they won't be discharged, but, you know, you just don't want to blindly say that uh, every case is, falls into that category. Okay, yeah. Now let's talk about the different cases here. And whenever we talk about bankruptcy, and you mentioned bankruptcy rules, 
Um, just give me a quick refresher again. I think for individuals, the options would normally be what a chapter seven and thirteen, and, and how are they different? Sure. Uh, yeah, for most individuals, their option is a chapter seven, which is called a liquidation, which sounds terrible, but for probably about ninety-eight percent of the uh, individuals filing it, it's not terrible because of secured creditors or exemptions that they would be able to keep the major assets that uh, they want to keep. Um, uh, Chapter 13 is uh, on the street called the reorganization, but that's actually a Chapter 11. A Chapter 13 is a debt adjustment for individuals with regular income, which is too much to say in one uh, (laughs) program. So use the uh, reorganization. And um, the Chapter 13 has uh, debt limits, which for most people won't be uh, throwing them into having to file a Chapter 11. Uh, In a Chapter 13, the secured debt has to be under $1,149,525 and also the unsecured debt has to be under 383175 So that covers most individuals. If somebody has something more or has more debt load than that, then they cannot file a 13, but then would they have to file a Chapter 11 or be forced into a Chapter 7 liquidation? Okay. And as, as we go back to your original comment about uh, the validity or the opportunity to uh, discharge student loan debt being being very rare uh, doesn't matter whether it's a 7, 11, or 13 in terms of how that gets uh, appropriated then? That's correct. The uh, standard for discharge is the same whether it's a Chapter 7 or a 13 being filed or, in the exceptional case, an 11. So uh, the debtor would have to essentially prove that uh, certainty of hopelessness to uh, get a relief from the student loans. Now, the, the certainty of hopelessness, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the uh, you know justification is there and probably, as you said, a, a whole other topic to talk about at some point. But I, I just have to wonder because I... If I remember the process correctly, there are some instances in which a student loan is in the name of the student, and in some cases it's perhaps in the name of a parent. Um, Would the criteria be different in any way based on who actually has their name on the document? Uh, That's the controlling uh, item, whosever name is on the document, and sometimes it's not only the student but a parent who is a guarantor. Uh, that loan is a contract. So if the lender is lending to the student, then that student is bound by that contract. If that student needs somebody to guarantee the uh, loan, then that guarantor or guarantors, husband and wife, um, or mom and dad, uh, then are on the hook along with their son or daughter and it doesn't matter which one uh, went to class or if nobody went to class, if they signed the document and uh, obtained the proceeds from the loan for their education or for someone's education, they're on the hook. Mm. And that's, a, I'm sure, something everyone should think about before they help someone. It's always nice to provide the assistance, but if you guarantee something, um, as you said, you're on the hook. Any any exceptions or any legal ramifications there for a guarantor that might allow them off the hook in any way? 
Uh, short answer is no. Uh, the war story that wasn't one of my clients, but uh, not trying to send uh, shivers up and down uh, parents' uh, backs with this, but um, know of an incident where somebody went to UCLA Medical School, had loans throughout their whole medical school program, the weekend before graduation, well, that student was in a fatal car accident. So mom and dad guaranteeing those student loans were left with that uh, document or that contract. Well, difficult situation. Uh, my guest today is mm-hmm. attorney Timothy Hughes. Uh, Tim is a partner at Lavelle Law Limited. He's been with us many times to discuss, among other things, bankruptcy issues. And uh, he also frequently conducts seminars on both bankruptcy and taxes, and I suggest you watch uh, LavelleLaw.com as a website because uh, Tim's going to have some more of those coming up and uh, dates will be announced there. He's also a, a frequent author on articles on these subjects, um, and uh, I am among his subscribers to the Tax News on the 10th newsletter that comes out. It's a monthly recap of important matters in those areas, and, and you can uh, certainly Get yourself included there at LavelleLaw.com or at thughes at LavelleLaw.com if you want to drop Tim an email. So um, great resources available. Now, Tim, we talked about student loans coming from or being signed for by different uh, people, the, the student or the parent. They also come from different sources, uh, uh, you know, federal government uh, and financial institutions, banks and such. Um, does the owner of of the note matter in any way? I mean, again, is it a debt, is a contract, and it's signed, and no matter who it's owed to, it's owed? Correct. The only small exception to that uh, general rule, whether it's a government loan or a private bank loan uh, under some educational program, the only exception, and it's very uh, limited, is if the actual school lets the student kind of uh, run up a tab because um, colleges and universities aren't in the habit of writing out a formal loan to their student. If they let the, um, if the registrar or whoever lets the student in and bills them and doesn't collect on that, then that debt could be discharged because it is not a loan. It's a debt related to education, but it's from not a lender, but the actual uh, educational institute, which can be discharged. Interesting. Um, now, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going to start to summarize here, but it, it sounds to me if, if someone's filing for bankruptcy, they're, they're most likely in, in dire financial straits. But um, if part of that is driven by a student loan, ultimately it, it sounds like um, you know there's, there's not a lot of relief available. Um, as people look at student education costs, college costs. Uh, obviously, we don't want to get into financial advice here, but you know, it, it certainly don't want to scare people away from from the student loan program. But it sounds like it needs Correct. to be factored into the overall, you know, financial standing before you start to make those decisions. Correct. And bankruptcy, while not being able to, in probably 99% of the cases eliminate the student debt, it could still eliminate other debt, credit card, medical, that could help the family uh, with cash flow so that they could then address the student loans. So it can provide relief. It just isn't a magic pill to also eliminate the uh, student loan debt. 
And and feel free to stop me here if I'm I'm heading off on a uh, on a path that we shouldn't go down. But um, just curious, you know, in terms of debt relief, we've we've heard a pretty clean story here. Um, in other instances, when we're talking about debt, sometimes we're, we, I know we talk about tax uh, debts that people owe to the government. Uh, do you see it all? Student loans uh, can they be renegotiated? Can they be put on a payment plan that's different than what was originally signed, or are these pretty ironclad once someone enters into the agreement? They're fairly ironclad, but it's always good to talk to a lender to see if somehow, some way, you fit into one of their exceptions for a modification. So um, always advocate communication versus the ostrich defense of hoping that they'll go away. Uh, Communicating may allow for some modification or some uh, deferment, which hopefully will then allow the borrower to uh, address that debt down the road. And and in general, we've talked about this in the past with uh, 30 seconds or so remaining in our time. You know, as people run into financial problems, in many cases, it's it's something they could see coming, uh, maybe take some some early action. But even if they find themselves in, in these pretty tight situations, a conversation with someone like you might help them find solutions in terms of how they manage the debt and, and ultimately perhaps avoiding bankruptcy or, if necessary, using bankruptcy uh, as a tool. But in either case, uh, a good consultation before anyone takes action can maybe keep it from getting worse. Correct. Yes, I've met many uh, clients that came in two, three years too late to see me and have found out that they've made some decisions that uh, they're kicking themselves now for having made. And uh, had we talked two or three years ago, they may have uh, not been in the hardship that they are in today. Well, um, you know, great, great advice there and certainly something we've talked about in the past. And I'm, I'm sure we'll visit again with, with Tim Hughes. I want to thank him for, for being with me today and joining us on the podcast. Uh, I know uh, uh, he's, he's a great contributor. And, again, uh, Hughes at LavelleLaw.com is a place you can reach out to Tim if you'd like or any of the attorneys at 847-705-7555, uh, LavelleLaw.com, your online source for a lot of information as well. And uh, we'll do our best to be a good source of information for you here on our podcast every week. And we look forward to having you join us for that again soon. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.